Here's a bit of a year-end report from me for listeners of the Levity Zone, from your Dr. Bruce. And it's been quite a year, but I want to just start by saying uh, we're in a kind of uncertain place now with humanity. And there's certain actions we can take, but there's a lot of unknowns a lot of turbulence coming our way from you know, the continent-wide fires in Australia to uh, interrupted food resources in the 2020s to crazy politics which we have to somehow bypass to get the job done to extraordinary innovation the great skills of teachers and healers the healing of human beings' trauma, human beings' sources of anxiety, uh, sources of ill health, in a sense, or dis-ease, is coming on strong. It's coming on very powerfully now. And with the passing of Ram Dass just a few days ago, on the 22nd, I think it was, of December 2019, we're reminded that uh, where he left us is a marvelous state, a state of grace. If you watch Ram Dass, and especially the Ram Dass movie that was put out pretty recently, the state of grace that this man reached and can take us all to is a healthy starting point for moving forward into the 2020s in whatever we do. Because if we are here, if we're truly here now, in our bodies, in a sense of love and duty, but a sense of, of health and some humor mixed in, as he always got with Ram Dass, as is shown in the movie where he's singing, Row, row, row your boat. So in a sense, he's a model for living and grace and aging and appreciation of this world. Then the giving of love to all, as his guru had asked him on one of his trips to India, Ramdas, do you love everyone? And I think on one of those trips he said, No, Baba, I don't I don't I don't love everyone yet. But I think that by twenty nineteen and perhaps twenty years before, he had come to love everyone. And uh we need that. Because uh, times could get very hard. We could be back in community again, forced there by just the necessities of violent weather, bodies next to bodies, boiling potatoes to get through a winter, which is uh, like life was pretty recently for millions and hundreds of millions of people. In this time of opulence and ease of access to calories, we've gotten very, very spoiled We've gotten very hair-trigger intolerant of not getting these very specialized products delivered to us in packaging and these very exotic kinds of things that are moved halfway across the world at great energy cost for sometimes trivial use or not use at all. It's a huge system of waste. Do we really need to order these things? In one of the movies we watched yesterday when we're having a wonderful, kind of a, a Christmas excursion here. 
there was a sadhu in India standing by the Ganges where there's a lot of plastic waste. And he's looking around and he said, you know, all we have to do really is to realize that we don't have to have such a wide range of desires and that we could narrow the number of desires that we take on into more reasonable range and perhaps this would reduce this problem. That's sort of the state of the heart, a state of the stability or rising instability in the human heart that is going on now. And I wanted just to also offer that I think that we can do this thing. I think we can come together as human beings and we can locally, uh, as the challenges come, respond. There will be casualties. There will be things stripped off. There will be losses, messes, things we wish we had done better on the way. But like any natural disaster, such as the 1989 quake here in the Bay Area, suddenly all these people showed up in Oakland to help those that were in crushed cars on the collapsed Nimitz Expressway. There were all kinds of people working all night. No power, no food available, uh, just out there helping their fellow human beings. So perhaps that's our better natures, the angels of our better natures that can come out. And uh, we can do this. I think we're going to have to really stop listening to the chatter, the panic, sky is falling, chicken little, or the denying. All the noise, all the mental noise, we have to be here now, as Ramdas has always asked us. And sort of the last thing he asked us to do was to become loving awareness, because he had become loving awareness. And if more can become this way, they become the avatars. They calm everyone down, they calm the system down. They speak really from a base level of hearness, of, I wouldn't say truth, but just humanity. They speak from tender, vulnerable heart. This Ramdas sitting there in his office, fiddling with his beads, doing his thing, and running himself with his wheelchair down downstairs, doing some of this stuff on his own, managing to get himself to the garden where the monkey god loved to hang out. All these great things in his life that he could still do on his own, but it was very, very tender. Everything was deeply appreciated. Every bird movement, every smell that he could see and feel through the jungle in Maui there. That's kind of the presence that we can use more of in for me personally, going through the experience yesterday, the experience of Ramdas's passing, has really humbled me, you know. I probably needed a bit of humbling with all the hullabaloo in the last year activation and just the exhaustion that I've been running an exhaustion program. I bet some of you out there are running an exhaustion program just below the surface there's like a there's just a level of exhaustion it's like your hard drive has just been running too hard it's too hot and on the surface your apps are working and you're getting your 
stuff done, but there's an exhaustion program. So I'm actually right now sitting in bed uh, recording this podcast for you, really feeling a, a, a real need and a love and connecting with you out there. And I know several of you have written as to where the when the next Levity Zone was coming out, and here it is. And I want it to come from my heart to yours. Because this is really all we've got when we get tender and vulnerable and tired and when we lose loved ones and when we watch the panic and death and destruction we just you know we really should should and must respond from the heart first and uh, consider it deeply feel it deeply and uh, operate from there So, that's my From the Heart report for you on December 26, 2019, as we cruise toward a decade of the 2020s, which is going to be a wild ride, folks. A decade in which we're going to ride wildly, but we have to get real. We have to stop listening to the noisemakers, the noisemaking process, and we have to get down to work, locally and globally, and That's what we're doing starting this Climate Moonshots initiative on January 1st. The team's taking a bit of a respite now, but the site will be built. Our bank stuff is done. We've built a beautiful brochure for it. And it's a heartfelt venture to propose ten moonshots, ten big projects, and one of them is the massive scaling of the healing arts of human well-being that's a moonshot and usually in these projects these x-prize type things nobody proposes this kind of a thing it's one of them of course there's sea walls dealing with rising sea level working to prevent massive pandemic events or to respond to them securing food supply all the things that we need to do on a global basis to bridge over the coming climate shocks. You know, of course, these are logistical, engineering, financial, organizational things we must do. But the goal of extending human well-being as a priority, I think, is merited. And really, in honor of Ramdas and all the workers out there who are on this path, where inner peace begets world peace and world prosperity can only come if there's inner peace. These are the words of Sri Sri Ravi Shankar. So that's what we're doing. And I'm going to be telling this story. I'm, I'm going to Boulder, Colorado in January to appear on a show with George Norrie called Beyond Belief for Gaia TV. So I'll be telling this story of the coming from the heart, what we need to do to become more human again, less driven, less in stimulus response, and that these climate moonshots are all possible. It's the way we can roll up our sleeves and get down to work. It's the way we can respond with actions rather than just reactions and covering up and numbing down. So that's happening, and... uh Following that, I'm heading off to Australia and then New Zealand. And Australia, of course, is on fire right now. 
the festival site that I'm going to do a couple of talks and a show is had fire go through it and we're waiting to see what they say about Rainbow Serpent 2020. I'm meeting Dave Deemer in Sydney and we're doing talks with UNSW. I'm doing a talk in a big public theater in Sydney on February 1st for the Australian Psychedelic Society. Any of you out there who are in Sydney or east coast of Australia, mark that date. I'll be doing a, a talk at a co-op on the 30th in Sydney and then of January and then the first I'll be doing the uh, the big theater talk if it all happens. Then Dave Deemer and I are going to New Zealand to do more chemistry in the hot springs, the origin of life. And on that score I'm happy to report that two, three days ago uh, appeared the big hypothesis paper in the Astrobiology Journal online. So you can now find and open access the Hot Spring Hypothesis for an Origin of Life article that Dave and I have been working on for two or more years. It's a very well-crafted piece. It had a lot of peer review. It's really the finest work of my intellectual life. I'll put a link to how to download that or how to get to that. But if you just Google Damer and Deemer 2019 Astrobiology Hot Spring Origin of Life Hypothesis, you'll find the paper. And it's uh, it's human readable. A lot of ideas in it. A lot of approaches to how life began on the earth and perhaps how to understand how it evolves or has evolved and how technology and human culture are driven by the same cycling process that lifted life into being out of the background of the cosmos. So I'm really happy to report that this is a a beautiful moment for me to acknowledge that this is done and delivered. A project I started when I was 14 years old, back in the sagebrush hills of Kamloops, BC, Canada, and sort of completed. Not sure there's a whole lot more I can add to that. I want to say also, in closing, that our community here is coming alive. We have two more long-term members. Val is our great leader of the community. She's coming into her power here. I am moving to my Gandalf house within a couple of weeks. We're doing the housewarming of this really magnificent eclectic structure with a dragon wrapped around the base of it and colorful scalloped tiles in the side and a cathedral ceiling and a new wood stove and octagonal windows and a beautiful layer, underground layer, and wings, and great views, and two wonderful decks, and a garden out front, a flush composting garden, a regenerative garden system. Looking out over the meadow, which is growing into our village compound, will be where our events and our community members are. So we're living communally. Pretty much all over the world this is going to be what people do. And certainly in the Bay Area it is. For younger generations, they have to live communally. And we're going to be doing it in a way that the 60s communes couldn't have done with all the tools and technologies we have and all the the healing arts and the wellness arts so that we can have clear communications and power doesn't corrupt the community dynamic and divisions don't emerge 
because we're self-knowing. We work through our stuff. So this is the world that I'm building with Val and with Dimitros now and others that keep coming on the property to help out new members uh, building a community to live in, similar to what I lived in in Los Angeles for a couple of years in the 80s. It just felt good. So that's what's happening. So on Sunday the 29th, there's this housewarming for locals, uh, people who are involved in the building of the Gandalf wizard abode up on the hillside. So that's a beautiful moment. And then we're going to celebrate the coming in of the new decade of the 2020s. It's going to be a special time. I've been preparing for this decade for decades, thinking that the 2020s and 2030s were really going to be interesting and challenging. And uh, here we are. We're at the brink of them. So with that, I'd also like to invite you all to write to me at bruce at damer.com. I also have the Patreon, where we've been having more regular Zoom salons. They've been wonderful. Uh, it's at patreon.com slash brucedamer. And the support that's come in through the Patreon has been really meaningful for me. It's starting to bump me up from a kind of depletion mode into a feeling of wafting gratitude for an exchange that can go on with a community that we're building an external community online through the Levity Zone, through Patreon now, that is just gorgeous and beautiful. And I'd love you to enjoy being part of it. You can be part of it for a dollar a month. And I really thank those who've been contributing more, and I've been reaching out to, to you all. Uh, and this podcast will go to the patrons first, of course when it's uh, uploaded in the next day or so. So I don't have a fancy talk to offer you this month for this episode. I don't have um, a bubbling podcast in the hot tub, a tubcast. It's just me here, here in bed, humbled down, a little exhausted, uh, looking forward, very hopeful, very positive though too, very grateful, grateful for this world, grateful for the rarity of our species and our period in history is such extraordinary time. Looking back four billion years, how we got here, it's just extraordinary. I'm just so I'm just bowled over constantly to be in conscious existence to witness this rare eruption in the cosmos of of this, of just awareness. And all these tools and technologies and things. And we really should be less worried and more in awe. I think that it's sort of a, maybe a new bumper sticker or something, if people still have bumper stickers. So with that, please get in touch, join the Patreon, suggest ideas of things you'd like to hear about. Perhaps I can tell you about my trip to Japan on the next round, where sitting with Japanese engineers from the space agency designing a very innovative a mission to go to Mars and collect samples and return. Very whimsical and potentially disruptive, groundbreaking, revolutionary way to do this as we reach out as a species to determine if we are alone in the cosmos. And maybe they, these young, four young guys can spearhead getting this done with the Japanese Space Agency and others. That was quite a 
quite a session uh, a week and a half ago I was there doing my sketches and working with these guys and having sakes and meals and sitting in onsens. Uh, just grateful again for the ability to go and be part of visionary work like this. I'm so grateful. This was such a good life. I'm so grateful for all of you out there uh, for listening uh, to these uh, very personal diary entries, triptychs sometimes, three-part views. Part one is where do we come from, part two is where we're going next, and part three is how we really feel about things. Because how we feel about it really determines everything, the meaning of it, the value of it, the why of it. Feeling some joy, some levity, some gratitude is so important. Coming down, coming down off all the stimulation and the triggers and the do-do-do. Landing, so important for human beings to do. And I'm about to do that, I'm about to lay my head down and uh, try to get extra rest while the holidays still roll past. So thank you so much for being out there, for listening, and I'll see you in the 2020s.